Holy smokes. It is the JR Sport Brief Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey in for JR. I don't know if JR is um, can see the, can forecast the future. Maybe he took off today because he knew it was just going to be a slow, boring day, nothing to talk about. So he figured, eh, you know, I'll take the day and instead just kind of relax and have Ryan figure out what the hell to talk about for four hours because there is nothing. <laughs> Cow. What? A Wednesday we have in store. Pete Carroll, gone, see you later. Nick Saban, gone, see you later. He has retired now. Two storied coaches in the NFL, in Carroll's case, in college football too, but obviously being in the NFL for a while now and now in college football, two storied coaches gone from their respective posts. Let's start with Nick Saban's retirement here because that is obviously a bombshell, a massive impact on the sport. My first reaction is this. I think Nick Saban is the greatest coach in sports history, like across all sports, college basketball, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, you name it. I don't think in the modern era of sports, there has been a greater head coach in any capacity than Nick Saban. He's number one, obviously, for all the winning he's done. But not just the winning, but it's also how he's won. Right? He's won six national titles. Nine championship game appearances. This is just at Alabama. Ten wins every year with the Tide since 2008. Zero times he's finished outside of the AP Top 10 at the end of the year since 2008. Nine SEC championships. I mean, that is a string of dominance we have rarely seen in sports in general, let alone, again, in the modern era. But with that said, too, not only is the winning insanely impressive and a reason why I would call Saban the greatest coach in sports history, period, but it's also how he's won, the obstacles he's had to overcome, the adjustments he's had to make in order to allow the winning to continue. Right, this is a guy that started the dynasty when Alabama won their first national title in 09. That was a team that was based on running the ball and playing good defense. That was the style of play back then. And Bama was physical. They were tough. They would push you around. But then as we got later on into the mid-2010s, what happened? We saw a shift in college football where now the spread offense and the mobile quarterback was how teams are winning And Saban was losing a game or two because his defense that was built to stop the run and just bully offenses could not now slow down the speed and the aerial attack that teams are throwing his way. So what did he do? Adjust. He changed now how he recruited. He brought in Jalen Hurts. He brought in Tua Tungavailoa. And all of a sudden now he started, instead of recruiting You know, he still was obviously recruiting defensive linemen and linebackers, but now all of a sudden he's recruiting top flight receivers, elite quarterbacks, and now transitioned his run of dominance from physicality and running the ball and playing great defense to now becoming a wide open spread offense and then beating teams at their own game with that style. You had NIL that you had to manage now the last few years. He's done that masterfully. You have the transfer portal. You have to figure out. He's done that tremendously, both keeping players on his team, but also bringing in big-time contributors that has led to a lot of winning. There was a lot. I mean, COVID, won the last national title, 
was during one of the most challenging times where every league was doing their own thing. Protocols were different all across the sport for college football. Guys were missing games the day of games and still find a way to win a title that year and was insanely dominant that year as well, by the way. Like every single challenge that has been thrown his way, he has adjusted and not only adjusted, but he has, again, continued to win at an insanely high level that I don't think we'll see again. That, to me, is what makes him the greatest coach in sports history, at least modern sports history, we'll say. Because not a lot of the other coaches that even won earlier, um, further back, I should say, they didn't have to worry about, you know, transfer portal, NIL, other challenges that modern coaches in any sport have to deal with now, money, salary cap, trading players, right? In, in the pros, for a while, you were not trading players. There, there was no such thing as free agency. So there's a lot of curveballs being thrown coaches' way now all throughout different sports and different ways, and I don't think anyone has continued to masterfully move through them and continue to win at an elite level better than what Saban has done. It's truly impressive what he's able to do. I mean, even just this year. This is, for Alabama standards, one of the least talented and least proven teams Saban has ever had. Early on, they were vulnerable, losing to Texas at home, which is something they never do. Yet, all of a sudden, after that game, and it looked like troubling times were ahead for Alabama, what happened? He learned, he adjusted, and in season, made that team exponentially better, where they knocked off Georgia, who was easily the most dominant and best team the last three years of college football, and ended their... Win streak ended their quest for a three-peat and made it back to the college football playoff despite having, I would argue, the least talented team and the least proven team he's had since 2007. The guy always finds a way. He rolls with the punches. We've seen other coaches like Coach K, Roy Williams have a lot of success at their respective schools, but even, I don't want to say get forced out, but hang it up because of the changing landscape and now NIL transfer portal, how that's impacted college sports. They've said, you know what? I'm done with it. And Saban has at least stuck it out a few years longer and has continued to win at a high level. Something we'll never, I think, see again. So for me, first takeaway from Saban retiring, he is the greatest coach in sports history. Now, because of that, and now because he's retiring, we can also now go to conclusion number two, which is now finally official. The Alabama dynasty is dead. It's over. I have been someone that has never uttered those words. I have always tipped my cap and believed in Saban, even in, we'll say, quote-unquote, down years when they go 10-2 and and miss the playoff. I never thought that Bama was truly dead and gone until today came, until Nick Saban retired and walked away. He was the dynasty at Alabama, and and unless he was there, or I should say until he was there, until he left, I never doubted Alabama's ability to get back off the carpet and still be a national title contender and win a championship. But now that he is gone, now that there's no coming back, if you will, and and he is riding off into the sunset, the Bama dynasty is over. I mean, what coach are you hiring right now in in college football that is going to come in and continue the sustained dominance that Saban has built since 2008. There is no, the answer is there's no coach. There's no coach you can bring in 
right now that you can expect to pick up where Saban left off. And that's why we can officially say the dynasty is over. The Alabama dynasty is over. But it's not just the Alabama dynasty that now is officially dead. Ding dong, the witch is dead. I think what we just saw was the end of the last dynasty in college football moving forward. We will not see another dynasty in college football. The rules now are geared to prevent what we saw from Nick Saban in Alabama the last 15 years. The rules are geared to preventing that from ever happening again. Again, NIL. Now, all of a sudden, the talent is spreading out more than it ever has before. Transfer portal. I mean, right now, there's a rule where there's no limit on how many times you can transfer. It's not a one-time free transfer. You can go to a school, not play, go to another school, and play right away. The rules right now are geared towards parity. I, for one, am someone who, who appreciates that and likes that and think that's especially what college football needed. But all of these rules implemented, transfer portal, NIL, it was all geared towards knocking down the Alabama dynasty from preventing what we saw in Tuscaloosa from happening again in Athens or Columbus or you name it, Ann Arbor. They didn't want another dynasty to form and run the sport for 15 years where 98% of college teams going into any given year knew they couldn't compete with Alabama, knew they couldn't win a national title because they were nowhere near as talented as the Crimson Tide. And so now with the official retirement of Nick Saban, not only is the Alabama dynasty dead, I think dynasties in college football are dead. Kirby Smart and Georgia, right, they have so far come the closest, winning two titles in a row in 2021 and 2022. And, I mean, you could, if you want, and he has a lot of quality traits like it, Kirby Smart is basically Nick Saban Jr. But with that said, I don't even think Kirby, with how well he's got Georgia rolling right now, I don't think he can repeat the dominance that Saban did at Alabama. So I don't think Georgia's going to now all of a sudden go on a, a dynastic run anywhere near the way Alabama did. We're not seeing it from Michigan. We're not seeing it from Clemson. We're not seeing it from Oklahoma, Texas, you, you name it, Ohio State, any school you want to throw out that, that you think is a title contender now and going forward and is always in the conversation, they may always be in the conversation. But we will never see a program dominant for as long of a period as Alabama ruled the sport of college football for again. Saban retiring, not only is he the greatest, I think, coach in sports history, his retirement ends the Alabama dynasty. And I think with the Alabama dynasty now officially ending on January 10th, 2024, we could also put to rest the thought of any dynasty popping up in the future and replicating any anything near what we saw from Nick Saban and Alabama. Today is a monumental day in college football. Like This is truly like, I, I could sit here and argue, there has not been a single day that has transformed the sport and the landscape probably since the day Nick Saban was hired, right, Alabama in 2007? I don't think there's been another day that has truly changed your trajectory if Jim Harbaugh stays or goes with Urban Meyer, you know, leaving Florida, then retiring from Ohio State. Like We've seen some big-time coaches in the sport 
come and go. None bigger than Saban and none, whether it's their entry or exit, I think having as massive of an impact on the sport now going forward as the news we got today of Nick Saban retiring. This is, uh, I mean, shocking. I tweeted before the show. I did not see this coming. I know he's 72 years old, but this was a guy in Saban I thought would be working basically in his grave. Like, all he does is eat, sleep, and breathe football. I think he goes on the lake maybe a few times uh, a year. I think he eats his little Debbie, uh, Debbie cookies with his wife in the morning, Miss Terry. But otherwise, I mean, there's nothing Saban has done that would indicate he has any interest outside of coaching Alabama. And so I really thought until, honestly, his health, um, until his health said no, I did not think he would we'd ever get to this day anytime soon. Like, if you said the over-under at seven and a half years of Saban coaching, I would have taken the over. Never would have thought this day would have been here. And I am shocked. I tweeted it before. I have never been this shocked, really, in my life. The way I am today since, or the last time I should say was this shocked, was when Andrew Luck retired. And I'm a Colts fan. Never saw it coming. I will never forget. That was, like, it felt truly like the world stopped. Like, for a minute or two, I tr- I swear the Earth's axis stopped rotating. We stopped orbiting around the sun, and everything just felt like it was, like, not real. Until the reality did come set in a few minutes later that, oh, okay, luck is done. But I have not been shocked, that shocked, since until today. Cannot believe it. So I'm curious your thoughts here. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I want to hear your reaction right now to Nick Saban hanging it up and retiring from Alabama. Are you with me? Is the Alabama dynasty dead? With Saban's departure from Tuscaloosa, will the Crimson Tide dynasty roll on without him? Or does it stop now that he has departed? And also, too, when we come back here, Now that Saban is retired, who could replace him? Who is the best man for the job? For me, the answer is obvious. I'll tell you the answer as to who should replace Nick Saban when we do return. It is the JR Sport Brief Show. JR off today. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry. But it's Ryan Hickey instead in Frey JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. That is the number you want or you can call it in order to chat about your reaction to Nick Saban now officially retiring from Alabama and that news coming down about an hour or so ago. It is Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is insanity. Absolute insanity. You just heard that clip from Nick Saban. That was not last year, not five years ago when Pat McAfee asked him, uh, Why does everyone think you're going to retire and will you retire? That was last week. Last week, Pat asked Nick that question. You heard, obviously, Sabit's answer right there. Gave you no indication, no hint whatsoever that he would contemplate, let alone actually follow through and retire right now from Alabama. That is what we got, though. Absolutely shocking. But with that news now coming down, I think it also cements the fact that the Alabama dynasty is dead. Saban built it up starting really in 2009. um, And it ended today, January 10th, 2024. The Alabama dynasty is officially over. 
a lot of people, incorrectly, tried to forecast it and project it ending earlier in 2015 and 2016 and 2019 and 2018. This is it. They're done. It's over. They're dead. Saban was the dynasty. And now that he's no longer going to be there, I don't see another coach coming in that's going to continue his insane run of dominance, his elite level of winning. And with that said, we can officially say, no, Alabama's dynasty is over. So I would love to hear your thoughts. There's so many angles to discuss right now. The This news, as we still try to process it, because it still does not feel real. Nick Saban officially retiring from Alabama. Is the Alabama dynasty dead? 855-212-4227. And who do you think now that Alabama has a head coach opening for the first time since 2007, who should replace Saban? Who was the guy at the top of your list that could get as close as possible to continuing the the run of excellence Alabama's had because there is there's no Nick Saban 2.0. No one is coming in to Tuscaloosa and equaling or surpassing the success Saban has had. So now it's who can get as close as possible to his level of dominance. 855-212-4227. We go out to Michael in Tampa. What's going on, Michael? What's up, Ryan? How are you? Michael, we're, we're, we're in a state of shock. I, I guess that's the best way to describe it, man. How, hopefully you're doing well. Uh, not doing great. Bama fan since I was born. First oh, words yeah. I said out of the womb was roll tide. <laughs> and today is a cold day in Tuscaloosa. That, that it being is. said, um, it's cold right now, but summer's on the horizon. Because if you think that the Bama dynasty is going anywhere, then you don't know Bama football. If there is one thing that people in Alabama care about, it is Bama football. And I think if you're Greg Byrne right now, you've been working on this for about a month, and you're handing blank checks to Dan Lanning, mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryans, mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel, or Lane Kiffin. And I think if we get one of those guys, they're going to come in. They're not going to be Nick Saban. Nobody's going to be Nick Saban, greatest to ever do it, greatest that will ever do it. But 12-team playoff, NIL, you don't have to be Nick Saban. You just have to have money, get into the playoff, and have a team of guys that can go in there and win it. I'm glad, and Michael, appreciate the call. I like your list. I'm glad you brought up the list of candidates you would hire here because that's what I want to get into because, again, for me, Saban was the Alabama dynasty at least of the last 15 years. like that, They won in large part because of him. His recruiting, his adjustments, every his gamemanship as well, and getting guys ready to play and making sure in the big moments also, by the way, they were ready to play, not afraid of the big stage. You never felt that way watching Alabama play. They would lose, right, sometimes in the national title game, but it wouldn't be because the team was nervous, unprepared, or unready. And... You said the first name, Dan Lanning. I'm not sure if you put that in, in order, Michael. I'm going to assume so. Um, but I would agree with you. If I am, as you mentioned his name, Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD. The first call I am making, I think the perfect fit to, again, get as close to continuing the dominance Nick Saban had since 2008. Really, 09, we'll say, when, when they won their first national title. The guy that I think gets you the closest to that is Dan Lanning right now head coach at Oregon. That's the guy I'm calling. I think he's the perfect fit for this job. He was someone 
or he is someone, I should say, that knows Alabama and knows the standard. He was there for one year, but still he was in the building as a graduate assistant back in 2015. So he got to be around Saban, be around the excellence, and bare minimum, understand the expectations that come along with the job. But also, too, what I think is even more important than being at Alabama for that one year was that he was under Kirby Smart for four years was his defensive coordinator back in 2021 when Georgia won their first national title, eventually leading to two. So Dan Lanning is a guy that knows what the expectations are, worked under for four years Kirby Smart, which, I mean, right now he is the coach right closest to Nick Saban. He is basically Nick Saban 2.0 or the closest, I guess, we'll get to it in terms of intensity, in terms of blocking out the noise in terms of being upset and frustrated when it comes um, when it comes to media praise, right? Saban always called it rat poison, um, and Kirby Smart has basically has had a similar philosophy in terms of getting too much praise and being frustrated with it. So Dan Lanning is a guy to me that, again, understands the job, understands responsibilities, was groomed under Kirby Smart, so knows what it takes to to get and and sustain excellence. I mean, at Oregon, too, I know they've not broken through in terms of winning a Pac-12 title or making the college football playoff in his two years, but I thought he did a really good job at Oregon in terms of building in a very quick amount of time an SEC-caliber team where they're big on the offensive line, big on the defensive line, did a really good job in the transfer portal getting and developing Bo Nix and making him one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football the last two years does a great job balancing NIL, and so he is able to adjust and go through and roll with all right now the changes that are happening to the sport that some coaches could argue um, make the job tougher and make it more difficult. But that's a guy that, for me, what we've seen, I, I would all in. I am all in on Dan Lanning right now if you're Alabama and making him Nick Saban's replacement. Also, I love his approach. He, I mean, he's a defensive guy, but he's an aggressive guy. right? We've seen plenty of defensive-minded coaches, and, and Kirby Smart is guilty of this too, that are aggressive on defense, conservative on offense. And that's still not really the way you want to be able to play and win right now in the modern era of college football, but Lanning is, is different. He's a defensive guy that is uber-aggressive on offense, going forward on fourth down whenever the hell he wants in his own end, doesn't matter. He coaches like an offensive coach, even though he was raised on the defensive side of the football. That, to me, is numero uno, the, the, I think, the perfect fit for this job, Dan Lanning at Oregon. Someone I would not hire. I would have no interest in, if I am Alabama, Dabo Sweeney. Right? It's been thought of for a while and rumored for a while that when this day does come, of Nick Saban hanging it up and retiring, that Dabo would be the coach in waiting. Right? Played there. Um, so he has the connection to Alabama. And with the success Dabo had, he was never going to leave Clemson unless it was for a job like the Alabama head coach. That was really it. But if you're Bama, I don't think you want to take a risk, and I think it is a risk, of hiring Dabo. I think at this point, watching Clemson, for me, I think the game has passed him by. He is someone who has not adjusted well to NIL 
and the transfer portal. He is not someone that has done as good of a job as he should on the recruiting trail. For me, he's someone who does like to throw blame around and not take responsibility or accountability for some flaws in the program. I just, for me, I just don't think right now with the way the Tigers are heading after they won two national titles, I just, for me, I would not do it if I was Alabama. And I wouldn't do it, by the way, if I was Dabo. I don't think that's the best career move for him. Because you go to Alabama, obviously, right? This is obvious. You're under the spotlight, yes. But in today's world, with how people are with such short memories, not, he's never going, the two national titles are never going to be erased. But let me just put this example out there. Look at Jimbo Fisher, who is a national champion head coach, who got paid hand over fist, not once, but twice by Texas A&M to come there and to stay there to win a national championship. The Aggies truly thought it was only a question of when, not if, they would win a national title under Jimbo. And that's because he did a great job at Florida State for a while of always making the Seminoles a team that was bare minimum in the mix to win a championship. Obviously, in 2013, they broke through and won a national title. But look how a decade later, Jimbo is viewed. He's viewed like a clown. With how that AM run went, with all the money he got and the lack of success that he was able to produce compared to what expectations were, even though he is a national champion head coach and did a great job at Florida State and had a sustained run of excellence, he is now viewed differently because of how that Texas A&M tenure went. If you're Dabble, I think a similar thing could happen. It's it's a flaw we have in society, but it's also how things are, are now where all of a sudden, like it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sort of crowd, and if he goes to Alabama and is winning, I don't know, nine games a year, which, by the way, Saban... Never did since 2008, by the way, win less than 10 games. Now you go 9-3 and three in two years, back-to-back years, that is, in most situations, a really good start. You could get fired for, do, for going that, you know, for going 18 and what would be, 6? In your first two years there on the job, not winning the SEC, not making a 12-team college football playoff? And I think his reputation would take a hit, even though he's a two-time national champion head coach. So I don't think Alabama should hire Dabo Sweeney. I don't think it makes sense for Dabo right now, career-wise, to go from the ACC where you still have a really good grip on the conference and should every year now with the 12-team college football playoff, bare minimum, make the playoff. I don't think it's smart for you at this point in your career to leave that to go to a pressure cooker in Alabama that you could really hurt your reputation, even if, again, on paper, it looks 9-3 and three solid years, but nowhere near the level of excellence that Nick Saban has sustained for a while. I don't think it's, it's worth the risk of ending up like Jimbo Fisher, where now you're viewed totally differently than you were a decade ago. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Social media at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Nick Saban has retired. Is this the end of the Alabama dynasty? 
Have we seen the last of the Crimson Tide dominance, really stranglehold on the sport of college football? But also, too, now, now that Saban's gone, who should replace him? We have not discussed the name Lane Kiffin yet. Would that be a good hire for Alabama? It's Ryan Hickey in for JR on this very, very busy Wednesday. A lot of news coming down. Pete Carroll retire, or I should say not retires. He gets fired from Seattle. We'll discuss that at the top of the hour. Nick Saban retires from Alabama. Absolutely shocking. And now the, the Crimson Tide head coach is no longer manning and roaming the sidelines in Tuscaloosa. I think for me, that means a few things here. That means, number one, the Alabama dynasty is dead. Nick Saban was the dynasty. So anyone ever trying to, in previous years, say the dynasty is over, Alabama's never going to win another national title, they are screwed, it never was the truth. Because anytime you doubted Nick Saban, he would prove you wrong. And that's really, for me, why I never one time right here on CBS Sports Radio, never one time ever declared Alabama the dynasty being over. I had my doubts. Like this year, I did not think they were going to be very good. I thought they finished outside of the top 15 for the first time since 07. Clearly wrong about that. But I'll be honest, even though I did not expect them to be very good this year, I, was, I couldn't actually sit here and tell you that they would never be competitive again and compete for national titles again. As long as Saban was there, they were going to be competitive. And especially, too, as soon as you doubted him, that's when he was at his best. This year was the latest example of that. Getting that Alabama team to the college football playoff, I think it was the best coaching job he's ever done. At least at Alabama. That was insanely impressive. Taking a team that was unproven, and even though the the star rankings may tell you they're very talented, they had... That was one of the worst offensive lines Nick Saban's ever had. Quarterback in Jalen Milrow was a big-time question. The receivers were unproven. The run game was not great. They had some legitimate questions for the first time in a long time. And Saban getting them to win the SEC, to beat Georgia, and make the college football playoff and take the reigning now champion Michigan Wolverines to overtime? Testament to how great of a coach he is. But now that he's retired... I think the the dynasty is over. The Alabama dynasty is dead. But not just the Alabama dynasty is dead. I think dynasties in college football are dead. Look what's going on in the sport right now. Transfer portal, NIL. Those are designed and were introduced, sure, to help the athletes. Allow them to make money, deservingly so. Allow them a little bit more flexibility and mobility to control their careers. But it's also, it was made in part to help spread talent out. To prevent what we saw Nick Saban do at Alabama, which is each and every year, go in as the best team in the country, most likely make the college football playoff, let alone make the national title game and win it. Alabama had a stranglehold as someone who's almost 30 as strong as I've ever seen in sports. At least in my lifetime, the last 30 years. And I think college football, rightfully so, by the way, wanted to prevent another Alabama dynasty from happening, which is why they put these rules in place. And now, I think I would say, especially the last two years, where we 
where we've really seen it, easy for me to say, um, impact the playoff, we have had more parity the last two years than the last 20 years combined in terms of who is going to make the playoff. It's not a coincidence. The last two years, we've had four of the most exciting and competitive college football playoff semifinal games we've ever seen. No blowouts in any four of those games. Why? Because the talent gap is closer than it's ever been between the elite teams and everybody else. And so even though Georgia right now, right, has won two out of the last three, and they are the team right now primed to take over Alabama's dynastic run in college football, I think the rules that right now, the way they are regulated, are built to prevent dynasties from running college football. So I don't think we'll see another run of excellence that we saw Alabama have under Nick Saban. Six national titles, nine championship game appearances, never finishing with less than 10 wins since 2008, zero finishes outside of the top 10 since 2008. It was an historic 15-plus year run that we will never see again in college football. But now that Saban's retired, obviously the next thing for Alabama is finding his replacement. Just told you before we went to break, I think for me, the guy that has to be number one on Alabama's list is Oregon head coach Dan Lanning. He's been at Alabama. He's coached under Kirby Smart. He has really made Oregon the two years he was in Eugene. He has made it in the eyes of an SEC program. He's done a great job running the Ducks. And I think right now, if you're Alabama, you can't expect to hire the next Nick Saban. But I think in terms of getting as close as you possibly can to the greatest coach in college football history, I would argue the greatest coach in modern sports history, how you get that close is by hiring Dan Lanning. He checks every single box you want. I think he's the perfect fit. I would not hire Dabo Sweeney. I don't think he's a good fit. I think the game has passed him by, and I don't think it's in Dabo's best interest to go from Clemson to Alabama. I don't think it's good for him career-wise. Now, one name we haven't discussed before we get to your thoughts here at 855-212-4227. Who do you think the next Alabama head coach should be? 855-212-4227. Lane Kiffin is a very popular name. Right, coaches at Ole Miss, so knows the SEC. Obviously, was Nick Saban's offensive coordinator for a few years. It was an up and down relationship. I think it's more love, love than it was love hate. I do think say, uh, I do think Saban likes Lane deep down, and I think Lane, even though he tries to maybe portray sometimes that he doesn't like Nick Saban, he loves. We, we all know that. But I would not hire Lane Kiffin if I was Alabama. I just think, for me, he's too much of a wild card, number one. But also, number two, he, to me, is someone that does not win the big game. At Ole Miss, especially if we just keep it locked into his latest coaching tenure, he has turned Ole Miss around and made them more consistent than they've been in a long time. He deserves a lot of credit for that. Just had the first 11-win season in their 118-year history. So very commendable, very impressive. But what's the biggest win Lane Kiffin's had? Is it LSU earlier this year beating a 9-3 Tigers team? 
Is it beating a a ten and two Penn State team with no offense? Is it beating A and M at home a few years ago? Like any time he's played a big game, not only have the Rebels lost, they more times than not have gotten embarrassed, especially when there's expectations. Blown out earlier this year at Georgia. Blown out at Alabama a few years ago. Continues to lose to Nick Saban. Does not close the gap whatsoever. That's just not a guy, to me, I see that wins the big game enough to hire Lane Kiffin. I would not do it. If I'm Alabama, number one guy on my list, Dan Lanning from Oregon. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Rich is calling from Chicago. What up, Rich? Hey, how are you? Hey. Good, I, uh, buddy. What's on your mind, man? I couldn't agree more with you. And not that I'm an insider, but I know a lot about the SEC. And I know a lot of Alabama guys, some of which have played there. And I think your pick, I'll kind of make the case for Lanning that maybe some of the listeners don't realize, other than his connection to the SEC at Georgia, and he's, he's highly respected. He's the same guy that last year turned down the A&M job. That's how Elko got the job at A&M. So, you're, you know, he, he wasn't willing to be bought unless it was the right situation. That's a good or point. He'd, he'd, he'd be at A&M. So I think you got to put something in front of him that says, hey, look, you don't want to follow a legend. All right. And, you know, if it were me, I'm a little different. You know, look, look what happened, who followed Spurrier. Uh, who followed Bobby Bowden at Florida State. He, he won't have that problem, but you really want to follow a guy that has a statue up in front of the stadium. That would be, if the coach has a statue that just retired, I'm not going there. You're Rich, yeah. you're 100% right about that. Appreciate the call, buddy. You never want to be the guy replacing the guy. You want to be the guy replacing the guy replacing the guy. But if anyone has the moxie, the borderline arrogance that you need to come in and not be afraid, not be intimidated, it is Dan Lanning. He is the perfect fit personality-wise to replace a guy of Nick Saban's elk. That's why, for me, he'd be number one on my list. So I said it before, I think right now with Nick Saban's retirement, the Alabama dynasty is dead. Josh Silverberg does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Dead? Question mark? Ha, 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 ha. Priceless. Far from dead when they hire Kiffin or Sarkeesian, it ain't dead. Like, this is what I don't understand. I don't think, this is going to sound really stupid, but it's true. I don't think people are giving Nick Saban enough credit. Do you realize how hard it is to to replicate what he did? He won six titles starting in 2009. He's been to nine championship games in 15 years. Kiffin's been to zero. Sarkeesian's been to zero. He just got broke through for Texas, got into the college football playoff, and lost. And you think he's going to go to Alabama and now pick up where Saban left off? It's crazy to say. It is crazy. But I don't think enough people are giving Nick Saban credit and are realizing how hard it is for what he just did. No one is coming in there and picking up where Saban left off. He is one of one. I said it before, I'll say it again. I think he's the greatest coach in modern sports history. It is not as simple as, 
oh, we'll bring Lane Kiffin in and he'll keep the train rolling. We'll bring Steve Sarkeesian in and keep the train rolling. What are we talking about? That is not happening. No one is coming in and replicating the success that Saban has had. We'll continue to talk about Nick Saban. Also, we got a call on the line. Another name, a big-time name in college football. Could he replace Nick Saban? We'll discuss that next. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR on CBS Sports Radio.